Welcome to Hillhurst United Church, the podcast. We're really glad you're here. Whoever you are, wherever you're at, join us on the journey. Good morning. How is everybody doing? <laughs> it's a pleasure to be back here as uh, Reverend John Pendland mentioned. I uh, had my ordination in this building and it reminded me of the Reverend Ernest Nix, who was the minister here in 1963 and had uh, been at my father's ordination. So he was the one that ordained my father. And so there's a long history of our family in connection to this place. And for those that, that come here today, uh, part of the recollections we have is that in the 1970s, the students from uh, this space would go out to Morley and would have a stay at the manse and at the church. And the students from there would have an exchange that would come here and stay at the gym. And so there's this long history of working together. And it embeds us in the uh, works of one another, how we come to be in this space and our relationship. It also talks of the exchange of our faith and understanding to be good neighbors to one another. It is a hallmark of that time of peace when we can work together. It is reflected in the treaty that was signed in 1877. I'm a descendant of those treaty signers, the, the chief of our nation, and our family have always upheld what that meant for our community. My father went to England and signed the treaty or, or invited the king, now King Charles, out to uh, come here. It was the queen, but she sent the Prince Charles, Prince Charles, now king, uh, came and took part in a pipe ceremony at Blackfoot Crossing, came and visited our community and uh, shared in that time of remembrance of our bond together. So this is a, a long history, but it is one that shows that with good intention and good works, we can build a stronger community together. Here today, I just wanted to share a little bit about the Indigenous Advent series that I've been presenting around for different groups. And it is a reminder of that time of year that we are in, the Advent season, and those notes of hope, peace, joy, and love, and how those are reflected in our Indigenous understanding. From a perspective of our Assiniboine teaching, we have four sacred teachings around virtues, which are courage, generosity, fortitude, and wisdom. And it is something in parallel that we seek to understand because when we think about the Advent time, which began around 380 AD and became a practice to bring people into consciousness of Christ's birth and of that time before the birth, so these four weeks become an integral part of understanding how this shift in Christ's presence has brought us into a new sense of being and belonging. And this understanding that in the Advent scriptures, we often read apocalyptic 
literatures. We often read uh, segments of apocalyptic understandings because in Christ's coming, we are brought to a sense of a new beginning, a resolution of all that turmoil that we, ex that we see existing, but the hope of Christ's message and his teaching to bring us into a sense of new wonder and belonging. When we think of that, we think of the character of the time that we are in. When I think of this, I think of our focus and what that has been in knowing the full story of the one who came and will come again and set the world to right. How do we then act? What is our part to be? Are we revolutionaries? Are we soldiers? Are we followers? Or are we leaders? In this connection, we see these indigenous teachings giving us a different scope of how we are to be. That beginning of the day with the uh, rising of the sun, the entrance of light into the world signified by this uh, star blanket. It is a reference to Jesus. It is a reference to that light coming into the world. And so as we begin that day, we think of courage, Ogi Dayami, the inception of a new will coming to the earth and beginning this cycle again from turmoil, from destruction, from death. We emerge as a community to continue this cycle. We think about the time of the year that is uh, at its apex, the summertime. We think about the fruition of that and the need for all creation to be in a mode of generosity. And so our word generosity, ikichichubi, uh, comes into play. The closing of the day and we have the uh, connection of light into what we are doing, the close of that day brings us to a sense of contemplation at the end of the day. That time of sleep, that time of uh, renewal, and that time of understanding. So in that uh, world, we begin to think of this term of fortitude. And then for the uh, end of that cycle, that white candle, the uh, symbolism of our eldership, the symbolism of our uh, wisdom that comes to us from a, a lifetime of experience here in this land. So we take these messages and imbue them with our way of being. After the coming of Christ into the material world, we set upon a path toward fixing the world we live in, a second chance to rehabilitate the life we have been given. I often hear the elderly say, I do not know my purpose. I hear the adults say, God help me understand what you want from me. Or the youth saying, God show me the path of my future. Give me this day and the next that I might fulfill your purpose for me. For my people, we learn our calling through ceremony, through prayer, through ritual of the vision quest, of the sun dance, and we tell those visions to our medicine men and women who help us mentor along into a strong contributing member of the community. We did not question 
the eternal wisdom that we received in dreams or instruction on the mountaintop, around the sacred fire, in a blustery winter. Each was an opportunity to learn and listen and put what we learned into practice. In this work and in this connection to community, I believe that I am living for another day, not my own. One of the charts, the, the ways that we look at the uh, path of our understanding, it allows us to be free when we seek to look at the larger picture of ourselves. We know that we are restricted by histories and circumstances. We are forgiven little and judged more in this society. When the missionaries came, my father said, none of them thought the intelligent approach to say that God whom you worship is the same God we know from scripture. And did you know that God had a son? We are challenged to justify ourselves and make restitutions to the state and institutions instead of making relationships. The paradigm that is set before us pretends a different world if we only listened and understood one another. What a different world we would live in. Our world lately has been inundated with overtures and thinking about the uh, Flames game a couple uh, the week before, the national anthem was sung in Blackfoot. It is a gesture of outreach as nations uh, seek to share their tongue of the land with the story of the Song of Canada. We make these gestures hoping for an acceptance on a day set aside for recognition of indigenous people, a special day intentionally set. But what about the days afterwards and how we live into this promise of change, how we live in a way that brings us into accord with our values? And that doesn't mean that we are all in accord. That is not, it's not full of others who are grumbling, who are mumbling with uh, different attitudes. It is but a brief moment that leaders highlight and set aside differences as a spark of hope. Earlier this year, chief and councils were invited to the Flames game and songs were recognized, regalias were worn, and small tokens of hope bridged that moment. We think about that as we move into this time of peace. This past week, I attended the menorah lighting, which is the, that season of light for the Jewish faith, bringing a new understanding of the world. And we parallel that in our Christian practice. And that's an important part of this season, of the, the darkening days and of these prolonged examinations of our lives and how we move into this next phase of a new year the promise of a new hope. It is with that understanding that we proffer this idea of peace. When we see the land in exploitation around us, when we see the repercussions of our way of life, challenged by the things that we believe. We believe in a just and fair world. We believe in a world that should live in peace with one another. And it is really up to us to, to bring that peace into the world here in this community. It is up to us to reach out, to be part of the broader difference and uh, multi, 
ethnic groups that are around us, that diversity that we exchange, it's a very important part of our beginning. And we know that as we do this, there is struggle. I say this as words today, as we observe the cruelty going on overseas, an act of terrorism and a genocidal response, the world on the brink, trapped in the rhetoric of our own positions, not heeding the wisdom of our betters, not seeking resolution, amplifying conflict and distress. Even a brief effort at pause brings us no peace, but a shower of destruction that ended the time of hope. If this was the world our ancestors stepped into before the great peace, before the confederacies, before the disarmament, before the making of relatives, before the treaties, none of us would have survived. There is little hope of listening when our ears are filled with hate, with bombs and screams. In that setting, we would not have stood a chance. We live here by the peace of visionaries and sages, by the beneficence of a people beholden to and in love with the land, by the grace of a relationship to God that supersedes all things. We are connected, trusting, aware, whose prayers speak into the land we know as elders. They have noted that he knew his people were not from this area because he tried to talk, because when he tried to talk to the trees, they could not understand him. There is this sense of belonging in our vision of the world. When we think about how we are in deep connection and relationship with one another, it comes from that foundation of feeling belonged, of being embraced, and of being supported in the world. And so here in this space, we have that sense of belonging, that sense of safeness, safety, and being able to work together because of the leadership and because of the goals of this denomination, the goals of this community, the goals of this community of faith. It's all part of our experience. And we seek to take that out into the world, to grow that in a healthy way for our neighbors, to our relationships and security, knowing no one will take this away. No one will displace you. No one will ask you to leave. You may be tethered to other lands, but here, make roots, make a bond, share in the wisdom of others, and heed their advice, because this is the way of peace. From Matthew 5, we read, Creator's blessing rests on the ones who make peace. It will be said of them, they are the children of the Great Spirit. In God's presence, live in hope make peace, and share love in order to achieve joy. Episcopal priest Stephen Charleston from the Choctaw Nation in Oklahoma says in his recent book, We Survive the End of the World, if we stand together, if we stand up, if we stand firm, we will be a sign of hope to millions of people. It is that simple. Right now, the world is looking for any sign of hope it can find. Our spiritual task is to be that sign, that hope, and diversity, a diverse community unified by a single goal, love. 
We and all those like us are the sign so many have waited to see. As we think about that, we take time to remember our prayer and in our tradition, the Lord's Prayer in our language is one of the ways that we connect to the Creator and connect to that sense of belonging. So let us pray. Creator God, we give thanks for this day and all those who have gathered here, the sign of peace in our hearts and in our lives. We seek to emulate your Son in his journey here on earth. We give thanks for all these things. O Chagezi Twan Chesi, Jesus Christ, Machapur Chesi. Chagawaka, Wahaguharichin, Narizi Narichavichin. Nagahaz Nabuchatne Echiath. Ching Sizeo, Jesus Christ. Amen. And so I thank you for the time to come here and to share with you some thoughts about our relationship to peace and to one another. Thanks so much for tuning in to Hillhurst United Church, the podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode and are thinking about someone who might enjoy it too, we invite you to send it their way and help the podcast grow. We're really glad you're here and we'd love to know what you thought about today's sermon. Leave us a review in iTunes or send us an email at communications at hillhurstunited.com. We'd love to hear from you.